Welcome to the Nifty Podcast presented by Partyfish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all around the world. Film starts here at Nifty 2019 in Seattle, Washington. Hi everybody, my name is Robert Spiewak. I am one of the programmers for Nifty 2019, and I am delighted to sit here with the director, the writer of uh, Film in the Festival Green, uh, Kylie. Would you introduce yourself? Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, my name is Kylie. I wrote and directed and edited Green, yeah. which is making its world premiere tonight. Oh, so exciting. At closing night, yes. Yeah. Um, what are you uh, most excited for for the screen? Like, what are your, some expectations? I haven't really shown it to, like, more than a link via email yeah. uh, person. So, I don't know. I don't have a lot of expectation. Um, I've only made, like, straight-up comedy in the past, mm-hmm. so there's always, like, an expectation of... Oh, there's a laugh line. There's a laugh line. And this line. one's a little mix. Yeah, of... this one's a mix. And I don't know if it's necessarily like LOL funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know what to expect from audience reaction. So That's I'm excited. Ex- it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um, for those that maybe haven't seen the film, I mean, nobody's seen the no film yet. But uh, do you want to like just tell us a little bit about it? Give us maybe a synopsis, yeah. log line. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, so Green is about uh, a female stand-up who gets bumped when a famous comic returns after sexual misconduct allegations. Yeah. So something that is, you know, we hear about in the news all the time now. There's it's a lot getting of... getting more relevant by yeah. the second. Yeah, which is, I mean, which is, everyone has their own opinions on it. But, yeah. um, I mean, I think that having these conversations is, is really important and yeah. um, and good. And I think your exploration of it in this is, is interesting and behind the scenes, which yeah. I think people don't always, you know, see right. conversations happening with people in the industry. And so I'm curious uh, how, because uh, there's a lot of settings where this kind of situation could happen, right? Yeah. And so I'm curious what made you choose uh, having it be specifically a stand-up yeah. and, you know, doing it doing it this way with these comedians talking about it. Yeah, so um, I started writing the piece, like, about <laughs> a couple days after, like, Louis' uh, comeback oh, set yeah. in and the last October. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always going to be about comedy. Yeah. And, like, comedy is a world that I feel comfortable in. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, around a lot of comedians. And, I don't know, just that environment feels like I understand it. I don't do, like, stand-up mm. myself or anything. But, yeah. like, um, I just feel like I can understand how they talk and interact. And yeah. I also think, like, as someone who is interested in making comedy, the idea that, like, someone who is out there to bring joy and laughter to people is is doing these things yeah um is something i wanted to look deeper in um yeah yeah so it was all it was always going to be about comedy but i know that there's a lot of different versions like there's that episode of girls i don't know mm. if you saw like american bitch where it's about an author who did oh yeah it's just like a basically a one-on-one conversation with him um so there's like a lot of different versions of this predominantly male person like in a position of power who uses it and then like we explore the fallout from that yeah and so i think that um something that is also just really uh a little bit nerve-wracking about this setting too is that we have we have these two guys that are you know point counterpointing with Mm -hmm. um with the lead Mm -hmm. who i I forget the character's name but cj yeah. yeah um and they're also like 
the thing that gets to me about it is they're 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 like trying to riff still, and she's trying <laughs> yeah. to have this this conversation. Yeah. And so, um, I'm curious the writing process of you know of of finding. Of, of navigating this this conversation and making yeah. it seem realistic, yeah, even and not um, just necessary and not just sounding very rote, right? Like, right. I think that it sounding natural is so important, yeah. right? Not like this guy is bad. No, he's good. You yeah, know, like yeah. that. That's a version. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's the idea that they would still be joking about it. The two yeah. men um, was something that's like incredibly frustrating to me because like as we go through all of these things there are people who can still be in a position of comfort where you can joke and mm-hmm. it, and you can make light and you can laugh and you can have fun and and the woman in the room in this case is like we have to take this seriously which yeah. is unfair to her who like then she can't be funny in that moment, you know? Yeah. So that was something that was challenging in the writing process was, like, I don't want her to be, like, the straight person who's, like, this, you know, this is bad. Let's focus. Mm-hmm. Let's be serious. Like, I wanted to her, her to have moments of levity, and, and you see that in the beginning when she's, like, joking and riffing with her friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like... The smiling in, with no teeth. And, yeah, 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 yeah. But in the... When she's talking to the two guys, I, I was often and like struggling with how do I how can she also like show her wit and cleverness like through this conversation and not just be like have to play that role that I feel like we often get in where we have to call out when people are having fun and like ruin the you know like ruin the party yeah yeah so like how can she still have fun like show herself yeah yeah how does she get to be fully rounded too and also like she she's a comedian too. Yeah, so what exactly. Is, that's that's a, I think that's a tough egg to crack. Yeah, and I think I think this film does that. I think that she is still able to, you know. It, it, I think it's inappropriate to call her the party pooper. Right. But, but <laughs> yeah, I, but yeah, there's an element of that. Yeah. Yeah, which and I think that um, the, we see so many conversations in the news right now of. Uh, comedians like oh we can't make jokes about anything anymore and so I'm curious your perspective on that too where like um, creating like like comedy that's still respectful of Mm -hmm. others like how do you um, what's your perspective on those responses to it and it's usually you know white men that are saying like oh I can't make jokes about this anymore (laughs) And, and and everyone who fits in that demographic rushing to that to defend to that defense yeah. too yeah yeah so like they had the the SNL like Shane Gillis at SNL yeah yeah that, that, is, that is kind of the most recent big one yeah. yeah and then like Todd Phillips who directed Joker mm-hmm. he came out and said something similar like that's why he left comedy yeah, yeah. I put that in air quotes um, <laughs> because um, of like woke culture yeah. is what he said and like you you just can't tell jokes anymore I think that's I think that's just bullshit like yeah, I, yeah. I mean it's about when you when they frame it in that way it's like we can't be funny without punching down like yeah, yeah. without like um exploiting vulnerable communities and mm-hmm. marginalized people like if that is the way that you have to be funny yeah that's not comedy i mean that is honestly like what so what they often say is like in today's world like you can't yeah. be funny in today's world and it's like 
that way of being funny is so outdated. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that they're being phased out by, like, a newer consciousness, honestly. Like, sure. And that is probably really hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. Like, as a comedian who, or as someone who wants to do comedy, and, like, that's the way you know. Yeah. Um, but I, th I think that that's just such a tired answer, and it's, like... <laughs> There, it's cheap. It's cheap, and honestly, most of the time it's not funny either. Yeah, yeah. And so when that forces, like you said, like a rallying cry around that person, defending jokes that are just like insulting, just, just insulting, disrespectful, yeah. just to prove the point that you can be controversial rather than yeah. proving that you can be funny. Yeah. Like a lot of the times, it's going towards I'm proving that uh, I'm gonna like go against woke, woke culture and like I'm going to challenge PC but yeah. but often that is the full extent of the joke and there's like no real joke yeah. like it there's no h real humor there mm -hmm. it's all about it's, just, it's almost just buzzwords like yeah it's all about like proving the point yeah. that you can say that yeah you know yeah and so uh to to flip this around what are um like what, what what are some inspiration who are some inspirations for you um in in comedy and writing in uh you know uh just creators in general that uh that do that that are pushing the comedy envelope mm -hmm. without punching down because there's still right. a lot of inventive things happening yeah. with you know different formats with different yeah. writings so I'm curious who inspires you. Yeah, I mean the first person that comes to mind is like Phoebe Waller-Bridge with yeah. Fleabag. Like I think that's one of the most like refreshing, vulnerable, insightful comedies. Yeah. Comedy drama, like whatever mix of whatever thing that is. Mm -hmm. um, where she just made something completely new and like completely original yeah. and like hilarious and yet did not do any of the thing like uh, yeah. she somehow made it funny without <laughs> like um being horrible being horrible <laughs> and like abusive so like um i mean people like her i think just prove that there's like all the, there's like continually new voices that yeah. are that are reinventing like comedy and the way you tell comedy um yeah because the format of fleabag is so unique with the um fourth wall breaking mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and um that's a that's like a it explored comedy in a in a way that i hadn't really seen before and mm -hmm. so there's how many people out there are doing that you now like i remember um Taika Watiti like mm -hmm. responded a little bit to what Todd Phillips said, yeah, and just like with a tweet like "LOL, he funny" or something yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> like he's another person. We love Taika, yeah, yeah. Who's just, and he's out here with Jojo Rabbit, yeah. which you know has this humorous version of <laughs> right. Hitler in it, and, right? Um, that I think it's it's satire should be smart, yeah, and not. Uh, and and taking the the easy route of insulting others seems literally the dumbest way yeah. to move forward. <laughs> it's truly the it's truly the easy way, and yeah. it's the way that people have known for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Like when when Shane Gillis at SNL was like trying to defend his jokes. Yeah, they weren't joke. They were just like the easy way to make fun of Chinese people. Like yeah. it wasn't 
comedy. Mm-hmm. But then you get into in a position where people have to rally around that and defend it. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of creates this like mob mentality yeah. of like we have to defend anti PC versus PC. Like yeah. Another another example that like uh, that I was thinking of as I asked. Uh, the question is like um, is like a Nanette, which Hannah mm, Gadsby, mm-hmm. which is like kind of uh, th- this is absolutely the wrong word, but f- fools the comedy lover into like yes. a really emotional for sure, um, you know, exploration and uh, of trauma yeah. and, and everything like that. And so, um, and, so, and so yeah, I think there I think there absolutely is space for being creative without. Being lazy, yeah, it's just la- it's just laziness, yeah. and that's what's so frustrating about it because they defend it like this is my genius that we must protect, and it's like, <laughs> come on, that's the easiest joke yeah. in the room, always, yeah. Yeah. always. That's a not original, mm-hmm. and you can make like I would encourage any of these people like you can make comedy while being original. There's so much proof of it. Yeah, like we were just saying. And so, what do you hope uh, people that watch uh, your film Green, um, other than taking that away, like what do you? How would you like to see uh, people that view this like go and bring? What energy would you like to see them bring mm-hmm. into the world after this? Like, what's yeah. what's kind of a a, a call to action or just like uh, an emotional response that people can come out of this and move forward in the way that they consume comedy yeah. and other things. Well, it's interesting. Like when I first read, I made this for a class and mm-hmm. when we first read the script in class, like um, a male student was like about the ending was mm-hmm. like, this seems really pessimistic. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, I mean, the ending is a downer, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's unrealistic. Yeah. And I think to to have any other ending would be a lie. And, like, I don't see it as a particularly hopeful film. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, the act of making it is hopeful and the fact that the film exists yeah. is hopeful. Like, the fact that I was able to... So my approach to the story was, like, what are some of... What are some of the stories that we're not seeing in the in like the Me Too movement? Sure. Um, like we often are looking and centering the perpetrators, and mm-hmm. there are a, like a lot of victims. To use that word, like, are able to speak more. But like, I wanted to look at like what's literally happening behind the curtain, like mm-hmm. all of these side consequences that are spiraling. You know, at like yeah. if someone like Louis bumped someone like CJ, you know, yeah, like, it yeah. could have happened. Mm-hmm. And like, so I want to see like what stories aren't we looking at and hearing. Yeah. And I think, so I think like the act of sharing that is hopeful and yeah. that, that we can talk about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't disagree that, that it's like, it's not a uplifting yeah. story in the end. Um, yeah. But I, I hope that the fact that it exists is uplifting is, in some way. Yeah, and I, I think it is. I, I absolutely think that, you know, I think I think this is, it's important to have a more holistic view other than just reading whoever's upset about yeah. thinking they're losing some advantage they have or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'm curious then what your journey to, to comedy was. Like uh-huh. what made you get into, you know, comedy filmmaking and yeah, wanting um, to be in that space? 
So I I relied on comedy a lot. Um, I when I was in high school, I got like pretty sick, mm-hmm. and I my comfort was comedy, just like watching TV shows, movies. Yeah, like yeah. that was a way to get through. And my sense of humor was honestly like a defense mechanism against the yeah. things that were happening in my life. Um, so that was always just like a part of who I was. Mm-hmm. And I was always a writer. I was mainly writing poetry. Um, that's what I studied in high school and the beginning of college when I was at Rutgers. So I realized like I could express it and externalize it. And um, so I would write like, I would submit jokes to Weekend Update um, oh, yeah. uh, on SNL for like starting in high school. I did that for like four years. Yeah. Um, never got a joke on. But it was like, <laughs> that's the kind of thing I really liked. Yeah. Like um, getting like a puzzle piece and then putting it together and making it funny. Yeah. Um, and when I was at Rutgers, I would make like these little comedy things for my cinematography class that I took. Like yeah. it was always my instinct mm-hmm. was to just like make it funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then I went, to, when I transferred into NYU two years ago, um, that was just every project I made <laughs> was, a, was a comedy. And I think that's, that's like, yeah, that's, my ins- that's where my instinct goes. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I, part of it is hugely, it's a defense mechanism. It's, it's a way to protect against making something more vulnerable. Yeah. And I feel like with green, it's definitely the most vulnerable thing, the most grounded thing that I've made. Yeah. Um, so that was like a huge step for me, I think, mm-hmm. um, as a person and as a filmmaker, like making something that I felt could resonate with people and something that I really cared about yeah. sharing. Because I, I was here last year with Mad Lib Pixie Dream Girl, which is like yeah. a straight up parody. Like that's that's just fun. Yeah, and yeah. like I feel like I know how to make that work. Mm-hmm. But this was like a huge, it felt like really risky for Stepping me. Stepping out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and, 100%. And just, a, uh, I don't know, getting, not to say that, you know, straight, that parodies are, or just comedic pieces aren't emotionally deep, but right. this one, you know, gets it a little, yeah, uh, a different vein of, yeah, aspect of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, this is maybe a nitty gritty, like logistical question, mm-hmm. but this, it all takes place in this one backstage, yeah. this green room. Yeah. Uh, and so in setting it there, like what were some challenges to, like uh, have dialogue driving right. everything. Right. Yeah, I knew that was that was a risk to like s- trap it, <laughs> you yeah, know, in yeah. one room. Um, I knew that I feel like confident in my skills as a writer, and mm-hmm. I felt like if I could get the script to a place I felt worked, then I would feel good about doing it. Sure. And so I went through a ton of passes to make sure it was like with so much help from people. Yeah. Um, just to make sure it was like as tight as it could be, that the jokes were landing, you know, that everything was working with the mm-hmm. next thing and the thing before. So like a, a lot of work went into making that script as tight as possible. Yeah. And then the other thing was casting. Like it wouldn't work without these four people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're incredible. And yeah. like, um, yeah, that the performance is what does it really. Yeah. Um, selling all the like because there's a little bit of improv in there because they're all improvisers um amazing improvisers (laughs) (laughs) and so there's like a little bit of improv in there which and some of my favorite moments like the end with um 
when after everything after the smile yeah. is improvised at the end. Oh, like, cool. Um, that was just an amazing moment, and I <laughs> love that. So this is a perfect way to end it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was casting. They're so yay. <laughs> I was so happy to have them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so, what is some um, uh, something that you have learned from you know pushing yourself outside of uh, a comfort zone, or what is some advice that you would give to someone that yeah. maybe maybe is wondering where they're going to go next and how they can you know push themselves creatively? Yeah, um, it was incredibly rewarding to mm-hmm. do this. It was really scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember like talking to a professor last year after I like made five films in his class and they were all comedies and yeah. I was like is this just what I can do? You know, yeah, like, yeah. is this is this it? Like, I'm scared to do something else. <laughs> um, and I, I almost backed out of it. I had another script that was, like, way more straight comedy, yeah, like, what yeah. I've been used to doing, and I almost did that. And then it was just, like, people pushing me <laughs> and encouraging me, like, I, and believing in the story. Yeah. Um, and it was so worth it Mm -hmm. it's definitely like i i feel like also working with the actors on something much more grounded and much more vulnerable um gave me a lot of confidence as a director um so just the whole experience was really incredibly rewarding yeah um but i like i almost like i truly almost chickened out you know like um i think that once i since i have made this like there's not I mean I will definitely make like a lot of comedies in sure. the future but like I've opened a door I think yeah, yeah. um that I'm got your feet wet yeah that, something new yeah exactly that I'm gonna like continue to go through because I when I you know I was writing poetry before and it was very serious it was like mm-hmm. very personal yeah I mean it was like very from me and a lot of times I felt like the comedies while I knew how to do them they weren't like who I was and this film feels like that yeah um because I would never share my poems outside of class you know and like (laughs) now I feel like this is a big poem (laughs) to everyone you know cool um and so yeah so what are you like if you can tell us about anything you're working on now like what's coming next for you after after this yeah so um I'm in my last year at NYU and starting to like uh, work on my thesis film, mm-hmm. um, which is actually going to be a sequel to Green. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, it was another thing where I was like, should I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and because it feels really delicate uh, thing yeah. to make, um, because it is like ninety percent a conversation between CJ and the comic that you never see in yeah, this film. Yeah, yeah. Like he is in this the second which, film. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I really I did appreciate yeah. the unseen. <laughs> Like almost like phantom of Absolutely. the of the comedy theater. I know, right? <laughs> um, I I agree that yeah. I think that is a strength of this film, and but there is something about this story that I there's something about this conversation that I wanted to continue sure. because I feel like with Green it's like the conversation is should this person be able to return and mm-hmm. how? Yeah, and. I think we've answered that in our world as yeah they do like they will they, they could will. get to yeah yeah they could and they they will <laughs> like Louis just announced yesterday his comeback tour oh yeah um so the sequel takes place like a year in in the future where 
the comic has done a comeback tour, like has oh, okay. returned. So yeah. the question is more like, how do we, do, you know, how do we how deal? How do we cope with cope how, and deal with that? Yeah. yeah, the further the further down the road. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I'm excited for that. But that's another big feels like a big risk another too. big step yeah yeah um, because i know that's a big strength of green is that you never see him so yeah. to like really center him in this mm-hmm. um is a risk but i've learned that like taking a risk is can be good yeah it can yeah. be good <laughs> <laughs> great um well where can people uh, keep up to date with you and and that coming yeah. down and just uh follow you and keep an eye out yeah so um my instagram is at kai ky picture um, and I have a website, kyliepmurphy.com. Um, yeah, so I should be shooting that film, which is called Gold, in mm-hmm. the spring. Yeah. And hopefully wrap post in time to come back for my Yay. last <laughs> eligible year. Yeah, that'd be um, great. Yeah, so, or to submit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, mm. awesome. Uh, well, it was great to sit down and yeah. talk to you about it. Thank you so much for for skipping some other festival stuff <laughs> to be in here with, with to talk about it. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you for listening. For more information on Nifty 2019, The Talented Youth, and more emerging filmmakers, check out nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at NFFTY or on Instagram at niftyfilm. For more podcasts from Party Fish Media, search Party Fish Media wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can follow us on social media at Party Fish Media. Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliot Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.